0: welcome back to the DC3Cast. My name is Brian, with me, as always, are Vincent and Zach. We're going to be talking about the DC Comics released on October 9th, 2019. But first, we're going to recap all the news and notes from this past weekend's New York Comic Con. Uh, biggest news of the con is that I saw real-life Peter Griffin four times there. <laughs> but aside from there, DC did announce a fair amount of, of stuff. So, um... What I'll do is I'll just go through my list here, and if you guys want to say something, jump in. If not, we'll just move on, okay? Okay. All right. Um, G. Willow Wilson and Nick Robles are taking over The Dreaming. Nice. That's cool. It is cool. Will this get us to start reading The Dreaming again with number 19 in March?
1: I'm actually wanting to catch up before then. Um
0: because I liked that book, I just fell off of it.
2: Okay. Yeah. Ditto.
0: Um, they announced another um, Hill House book called *Plunge*, written by Joe Hill, with art by Stuart Eminen. That's the crazy. Semi-retired Stuart Eminen. Uh That is crazy news. That is also very, very good news. Yeah, that's exciting.
2: He's he's great.
0: It's a yeah. weird fit, I think. It is. But it shows Um, that he's he's wanting to do, you know, different things than I think, maybe what what he's been doing in the past. Right. All right. So we got. uh, Let's see. Ah. uh, Cliff Chang is doing a unannounced black label title. Huge
2: fan of Cliff Chang. Yep. Hope it's not a Joker or Harley book. It probably I really, is, though.
1: I really wonder if it's maybe... Uh, he was talking recently about the Batman book that he and Azarello didn't do because they did Wonder Woman instead. Mm. I wonder if maybe it's that.
0: That's interesting.
1: Um, it was the one that was kind of spinning out of the... uh <sighs> crap what was that um the like batman dog savage first wave uh, first wave yeah it was like gonna spin out a first wave Mm -hmm. that i i wouldn't be surprised if it was that but i also wouldn't be surprised if it was a joker joint so
2: yeah i mean at the end of the day we're still talking about batman too which is not like
0: sure sure we
2: don't need another batman black label book either Uh,
0: Here's news I forgot to mention before. Uh, Zack Snyder confirmed that Martian Manhunter would have been in his Justice League. (laughs) Splendid. Okay. (laughs) You you go, King. Wild out on us. (laughs) All right, let's see. All right, this one is actually super fun. Amy Reader is going to write and draw an amethyst an amethyst series for Wonder Comics.
2: Mm, the long- New Fifty Two Apology Tour continues. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, launching in February, um, she's also coloring the series. She's pretty much just only thing she's not doing is lettering, which is crazy. Nice. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Did they announce how long it was going to be, or they they're calling it an ongoing? Oh, I thought you said it was a mini. Oh, wow. Okay. No. Yeah, um, the that fr- is interesting. Have you guys seen the cover for it? I have. It yeah, looks pretty great. Super cool. All right, uh, we got brace yourselves. Another Harley Quinn Black Label book, Harley Quinn and the Whoa? Birds of Prey, <laughs> by Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti, and Paul Mounts. Four issue miniseries starting in, I believe, it's January. No, sorry, February. So again, we'll launch with the movie of the same name. And shockingly, we'll feature many of the same characters mm. from the film.
1: But we'll be unrelated to the Azarella book.
0: Yes, which I believe starts in December. I'm not sure. You love to see it. You do.
2: I mean the 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 Palmiati and Connor version of harley Quinn is is pretty much responsible for the iteration of Harley that we read and enjoy several times a month these days, right? Sure, so there's mm-hmm. some there's something to that that goes a little bit beyond, oh, great, it's another Harley Quinn book, but um but yeah, it's another Harley Quinn book,
0: yeah. Um, speaking of that, there was a full trailer released for Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, which, it's funny, I I, I was, you know, around a lot of comics people this weekend, and everyone who talked to me about it said, hey, did you see the Harley Quinn trailer? Even (laughs) though it's a Birds of Prey movie, but the trailer is, like, 99% Harley Quinn.
2: Yeah. Oh,
1: for sure, yeah.
2: It's a little much, too, (laughs) like... There's it's, some fun there's
1: some it's fun not stuff. as much as suicide squad though no At least it's not, like
0: yeah. Vince, you cannot speak with authority on this. you have not seen suicide squad, I'm purely
2: talking about the trailer, I assume Zach was only talking about the trailer
0: i'm I mean, yeah, I'm basing
1: off the trailer, but I'm saying it's I'm saying it's not on like suicide squad level just based on the trailer,
2: okay, but, all right,
1: like you just don't even know. <laughs>
2: Well, someday when you guys make me uh, watch it for a a mystery science theater scenario, then...
0: We will. I I believe we'll be doing that right before this movie comes out.
2: Oh, Christ. (laughs) Okay.
0: So, there you go. All right. uh, And then the last bit of news before the big item we're going to talk about is the... um, uh, Kirk Scroggs, who did the... uh, The Secret Spiral of Swamp Kid, a new DC all-ages book, is doing a second one called We Found a Monster that appears to be based around uh, like Frankenstein and other sort of DC monsters. So that's fun, too. Cool. But, Vince, tell us why we're really here. Talk, Talk about the big news item for us for a minute. Oh,
2: we're really here for the official DC Comics generational timeline. I don't know. They're not. They don't have a name for it yet, but I'm sure I'm sure they will, but we're here for five G, baby.
0: Well let's talk timeline first.
2: Yeah. I mean it's all yeah,
0: yes. Yep. So DC has released a document, or at least it showed a document at a panel. Right? It was it was it wasn't a panel, right? It yeah. was yeah, it was a panel, yeah. Yeah. Um Clearly unfinished though. Yes. That is essentially establishing sort of the official timeline of the DC universe. Now, there are a couple of things that this is and a couple of things that this is not. And I think it's important that we, uh, that we did sort of distinguish what is what here. What this is, is this is a way for DC to tell us what is in continuity and what is not in continuity. To me, that is the biggest piece of all of this. It's giving us an official line of like, all right, well, Convergence happened, but I don't know if, you know, the final night happened, that sort of stuff um, in terms of current continuity. Do you guys agree that that's that's a big part of this?
2: Yes. And also the 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 general order in which things happen.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it what this is not is this is not a linear list of how old characters are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I want I want to clarify on that really quick.
0: Okay. Because
1: the way Rich presents it is rich with rich, years rich Johnson of
0: leading cool. We're just just yeah, in case we had to Yeah. That, yeah.
1: Anyway. Uh, is with years. The timeline itself is like a hot blurry mess that you can't really read. Do you do we know if the timeline says years at the top?
0: I'm trying to look at this uh, as close as I can, or
1: is this just like blocks, sections?
0: Well, okay. even if it's years, to me the 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 fact that there are crises thrown in there shows that it's not a linear, perfect timeline. Right. Uh, Pres- it is presumably, they- presumably,
1: yeah. They I are mean, de- because like New Fifty Two, at least like messed with everything, and that Flashpoint happened. Yes,
2: they are designated with their with like G one Y one, G one Y two. So, presumably, oh, that's what presumably that, okay. yes. Okay. Um, All right,
1: that makes sense. Okay.
2: But yeah. yeah, to to say, there's a lot of people snarkily replying to this, saying like. Oh, that means Clark is uh, 60 years old and Batman's 55. That makes a lot of sense. Well, you're you're literally looking at a timeline that includes the New 52 on it. Right. <laughs> Where we know that like there's there's going to be fudging. I don't I don't know how to explain this in a way that people will understand, but I know that it makes sense in my head. Like the,
1: the hey final night is on there oh there they you go. can <laughs> there you go
2: they can say like they can say superman started in the 30s and then he's still in his 30s in 2011 be, because of the new 52 because of the metaverse that like doomsday clock by jeff johns literally exists at this point to make sure that this all makes sense and that's what people are overlooking. Like, is, didn't Doomsday Clock issue 11 demonstrate exactly how this is going to work with the, well, with the chronal debris? It,
1: it did. But you know what my hope was when I read this? What's that? It was that, like, spinning out of Doomsday Clock, like, whatever happened in happens in Doomsday Clock would, like, reset everything to make it so that, like... this timeline was the timeline you know what sure. i mean
2: yes because I mean,
1: of what rich has been saying about 5g which we'll get to in a minute yeah
2: that's a whole, um, that's but it's a it, whole other can of worms.
1: it's a whole other can of worms but it doesn't seem like that's the case but i still think it's cool i think you could probably make the argument that up until like you know maybe uh Crisis on Infinite Earth, Maybe it is like a linear timeline. It it does track. You know, maybe that was like. I think it's like Crisis is supposed to happen in like year forty or something. And like, sure. yeah, that that checks out.
2: Yeah, um, but you understand what I mean, right? When I say yeah, like, yeah. like literally, these crises these crises exist to reset continuity. Which, if what what DiDio and Lee and DC are are trying to get across to us is that all of this stuff counts and happened in a linear way, but within that 60 year timeline or whatever it is, many events happened that have fucked with, with that time, you know, like, yes, it, it happened in the span of 60 years, but there's events along the way that clearly disrupted things and, 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 and and doomsday clock is the thing that's supposed to again and it won't it certainly won't be the last event that does this that's supposed to kind of reset the table in a way that somewhat makes sense in a science fictional world <laughs> you know yes it doesn't make but it doesn't make sense though and i think what people need to understand like is this necessary probably not. I don't think so. I can follow comics and read comics without a linear timeline and I can fudge things to make them kind of make sense in my head and I don't it doesn't need to be more complicated than that cuz these are fucking people in tights, right? But people get all snarky about like how old all these characters are supposed to be and none of it makes sense. When when you're literally talking about <laughs> a status quo where a big blue man from another world is rearranging things. Right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like what are we doing here if we're if we're really going to argue and get upset about this? I just I think it's cool as an exercise even if some of the stuff doesn't make sense.
0: To me there are three important elements to discussing this stuff. The first one is that it is only natural to want to know why and where and how all the comics we read fit together, right? That's a natural thing. I understand that. It's also, you also have to be willing to admit that this has always been fucked up, right? Like Superman didn't age in real time from the minute he was introduced. So it's not like this is trying to salt, to to go back to the way things were. It's never been good that way. It has always been... The fictional timeline has always been off from the real timeline. And the third thing is that you have to realize that they're never really going to change from that. No. There's no way that comics, it's not all going to be Savage Dragon, where it takes place supposedly in real time. it's, it's It's just simply not going to be that. And so if you're okay with those three things, then this timeline makes perfect sense.
1: Man, some of these comments are so good. Uh, you want to know the one thing that has me wilding out on this? What's that? The one thing that like doesn't make any sense at all? Uh, year 56, Wildstorm.
2: Yeah. Well, I imagine that that's just... The headers are kind of... Um...
1: I mean all the other headers make sense. They're things that are happening around those times, but like
0: Well, this Wildstorm did happen around the flashpoint. Wild, time because Wildstorm was bought by D or came into DC a little bit before that. If you look at the other things in that list, no no, it's- no,
1: no No. I mean
0: Wildstorm was already kind I mean, D C bought Wildstorm way before that. But in terms of it starting to pop up within DC Books proper?
1: Yeah, but they don't mention any Wildstorm-related things like in that section at all.
2: The the headers really don't. Okay, yes, but the headers don't. They're like,
1: they're the things that are happening around that time. Like I mean, so is this most, then? Yeah, I so mean, is
0: this. H- here's the logic, Zach.
1: That's a really thinly stretched no, no, thing. Like no, everything else makes sense besides no, so that. Here
0: here is the logic, which is that the New Fifty Two is under the quote Justice League" heading there, right? But when the New Fifty Two starts in story, this is so fucking pedantic, in storyline... No, I don't even want to story- hear this. No, listen, listen. no listen, in storyline, things no. like Stormwatch, Grifter, they didn't just pop up the day that Flashpoint happened. When when Flash and Batman have their conversation in the cave about how things are different or whatever, ostensibly those characters are already doing their thing. So this is, this is reflecting that, that uh, that the two no. was not, I, I'm not saying it's good I'm just saying that's what it's reflecting. no then why not mention
1: like literally anything in that section? And why put it there? Like why yeah, it I mean I think uh no, I think it's weird and I think mm, no.
0: <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Are you looking at the bleeding cool article? The one the 60 year timeline, that one? Yeah. Just read some of the stuff that happens in I've, year 57. I've read the entire thing. But just read out loud to me things that happen in year 57. It's like everything in the new 52. Right. But that stuff does I mean. Well, then, okay, you want to get more
1: pedantic here? Like uh, like year 55 is Flashpoint, and then year 56, the Wildstorm stuff, is stuff that happens before Flashpoint.
0: All right. that That is fucked up. You're right about that. Boom. Well, Also, Damien no... debuts as Robin twice here, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> Does he? Yeah, it says in year 54, Damien debuts. Year 56, Damien debuts as Robin. I guess it once is as Robin, but. Yeah, yeah. But again, Robin was there before Flashpoint.
1: Right. I mean, and so, like, yeah, War of the Green Lanterns was before Flashpoint. All that stuff was the stuff that happened, like, right before Flashpoint.
2: So, I, I don't think, first of all, I don't think this is finished. So, there very well could be errors on this. Um, second of all, I do wonder, and this is a big mental leap on my part, but I do wonder if they're going to try to recontextualize some stuff, especially stuff that happened in in Batman and Green Lantern, two of the books that were like more or less untouched by Flashpoint, mm-hmm. to recontextualize some of it to say it happened at a time it didn't really happen. That at, makes, yeah, in that real makes time. sense. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. think about the Grant Morrison uh, Batman, Inc., bonus issue that came out after the new 52 started Uh Mm -hmm. that had steph brown as batgirl in it yeah yeah i
1: that that makes sense yeah
2: no i feel like that and see this is perfect for me because i have no problem looking at that and going sure why not (laughs) whereas (laughs) whereas a lot of people are going to be yelling in the comments about that makes no sense or whatever (laughs) content content to have their 20, 30, 40 years of reading DC Comics ruined for them by this one thing. <laughs> they I, love all,
1: it. All, all my point was, and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm being, like, about... really pedantic about this, is I just think it's a really weird thing to put the Wildstorm logo there above that section. When oh, it, yeah. I, I it they, would have they made had a to... lot more point, like sense to make
0: like put Flashpoint there. Sure. I, I just think they had to find a place to put it. Well, I don't... I mean, I don't think they necessarily had to
1: because, like, I mean, then why also didn't they put, like, Vertigo? Or, you know what I mean?
0: My argument for that will be that the Vertigo characters that came into... Oh, God, I'm such a fucking pedant. Uh it's the brightest ver- day. Well, not only that, but the Vertigo characters that came back into DC... They came into DC at Flashpoint were there once already. Those characters already debuted. Well, Grifter, well then cetera, I'm gonna,
1: like, get... I'm gonna get pedantic then too and say that like there were already crossovers between Wildstorm and DC like in the nineties or in the mid like the aughts, I mean.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> Look, I'm not defending this fucking thing. I'm just telling you why I think it's that way. Okay. Um but anyway, the 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 real thing we want to talk about here is that, you know, Uncle Rich ha again has, has more rumors here about what is coming from all of this and last week he started using the phrase 5g oh he's
2: been using that for a while actually
0: well i guess he ramped it up last week then he used it for a while but last week you started to see that kind of everywhere pop up and he's now saying that 5g stands for fifth generation that this timeline is broken down into four generations and that the fifth generation is what we're getting next he this started with the uh The idea that Luke Fox is going to be the new Batman next summer. Then it came out today that he believes that John Kent is going to become Superman next summer. And so he is now saying that this is going to be an entire event or relaunch or whatever with younger characters taking the mantle. And they're not all legacy characters. Some of them are surprising, blah, blah, blah. First of all, do we think this is actually going to happen? Zach? Uh, I, I I think so, probably, yeah. Vince? Yes. I think so, too. But, and this is now going to ask my second question, do you think this change will be very temporary? Like, okay, let's say very temporary means, like, this is part of an event. Temporary means it's like Dick Grayson is Batman. Or... Permanent. I'm putting that in quotes, but permanent like Kyle Rayner as Green Lantern, because that was not permanent, but that was there was a good ten years when he was Green Lantern. Or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are sort of the three criteria in my mind: event, year-long Dick Grayson thing, or ten-year Kyle Rayner thing. What do you guys think? I I want the last one, yeah. but I think it's the middle one.
2: Yes. <laughs> uh, I echo that exactly.
0: And I, hope I think it's the last one. I think it's the first one.
2: You think you think it's an event,
0: and that's it. It might be a six month event, but it's going to be all within the context of something.
2: You okay, know. I, yeah. I would I would say a year. Just to, just to just if we're if we're making a bet on this, sure, yeah, I'll say a year. Um,
1: yeah, I mean it, it's interesting because like we're basing this all off the Bleeding Cool reporting, and in that, I think he said that it was going to like start. Summer 2020 and go into 2021, which could mean, yeah, it's like a six-month event, or it could mean that it's like a one-to-two-year status quo.
0: Well, he, he yeah. he's now somewhat walked that back, where he said it was supposed to start in January of 2021, but now it's starting in November of
2: 2020. Okay. okay. Well, because I, I think what's going to happen is most people are not going to like this because most Wednesday warriors are afraid of change and they're going to hate it. I don't think, I don't think there's even going to be really a significant sales bump in this. And I think that's unfortunate. Um, what were you um, going to say?
1: Well, I was going to say, I think I just thought of something else that, I I feel like lends to it being a little bit longer than just an event uh, because uh, Bleeding Cool did report that it would accompany a lot of new number ones.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I I feel like it. Not that they couldn't do this, but I feel like it would be really weird to relaunch like Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and Green Lantern and who knows what else. Only for like a six month status quo change.
2: Yeah, I mean what I okay can can we just say that there is no chance that this is the permanent status quo oh, for, for sure. these characters going forward. So with that in mind, what my hope for this is is that these these new books all relaunch with the featuring these new, legacy takeovers for the characters or or whoever, you know, whatever the f- fifth generation heroes are. And then as they start to fold, you know, Bruce, Clark, Diana back into things, that they don't just drop whatever characters were getting featured before. You know, that 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 if they fold these characters back in, there are still storylines for Jonathan Kent, that in, in 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 a way that has advanced things, that Luke Fox sticks around because like we haven't seen him for years now. Um, I, I think I, I I want things to move forward in DC Comics. I want. Let's talk about Zach. You brought something up about how you were hoping that it would that. 5g or the post doomsday clock stuff would move everything into a somewhat real-time version of how old these characters should be right yeah Yeah. you want to i want that so badly i want dc to take the chance to say we don't need eight books that feature bruce wayne anymore there's always going to be mini like think about how think about what we're doing right now at dc comics there's many series that are like essentially outside of the current events that what what do you want to sure. say?
1: Sure. Well, I was going to say I I've been thinking about this a lot and I think that like if they were to go that r- route and like have these five generations and have it occurring in like semi real time, then there's absolutely no reason why they couldn't just have a line of one G-Books, a line of two G-Books.
2: Oh, baby.
1: A line of three G-Books.
0: We've been saying that for so long. We right? did. In, in fact, just a week or two ago, we said but, something like that. But I will say, I don't see a, a time when when DC, as long as DC is owned <sighs> by AT&T, I don't think to see that ever happening.
1: But, like, and now I'm, like, seeing how it could work. So, like, imagine doing, like, this, like, cross-generational storytelling where you have, like, a book about Bruce when he's in his 20s, and it introduces a thing that then is also getting picked up in the 5G Luke Fox book at the same time.
2: Chronal Debris.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) The way I look at it, though, Zach... I can't imagine, and this is really only true for DC and Marvel. I'll say that I can't imagine their parent companies ever deciding that it's okay to get rid of Bruce Wayne. Well, see, as like, Batman. but
1: but you're not that. Like, that's the thing.
0: That's what they're gonna see. Like, I well, honestly feel. well,
1: but maybe not because I honestly like don't think that they really understand. It anyway like if you are still having comic books that are being published with bruce wayne as batman then what is the difference than like what we have now because
0: yes. because they're putting what it like on... it's batman's the grave
2: yes how does batman's grave exist right now Versus the Tom King Batman, why can you not why can't you just have the mainline Batman title moving forward and have things like Batman's grave till the end of time
0: I mean look i I'm not disagreeing with you guys I want yeah. that too I'm not, but like the fact that they needed to put out a timeline because people are so fucking nerdy about this shit proves my point here, like- yeah, I mean it does but like.
1: But I don't like, – I'm just – like, I'm not – my idea is never going to happen because it's too – It's too good. It's too good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, there's no reason why, like, the 2G Batman book couldn't be the flagship Batman book.
2: Yeah. I also think – I also think they put out a timeline or they're going to put out a timeline. And how could AT&T possibly give a shit about that? <laughs> like right. – Yes, and I, I what I mean is like they lined up sixty years of continuity full of shit that corporate doesn't give a crap about, but they did it anyway. And what for? For for a bunch of nerds that like clearly, clearly there's an opportunity here that they could take to try something really daring, and if if all it boils down to is a six month to twelve month. Event, I I'll be disappointed.
1: This 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 raises a question. F- finish your thought first, Vince. Okay, yeah.
2: done. Do not forget your question. But I just want to say I want to say one last thing. Building off of that, Brian, you said that you can't see AT and uh, letting them publish books where Bruce Wayne isn't Batman for very long. Well, well,
0: I don't that, understand. That's, that's not exactly what I said. What did you say? What I said is that, and you're gonna call me a pedant for, uh, yeah, because you're
2: reason. you're just doing this to be right. But no, I'm
0: not. No, I'm not. What I was gonna say is, I don't see a point where they're going. Like, for instance, Marvel has published lots of Miles Morales Spider-Man books, right? And, mm-hmm. and Marvel had a year uh, or so of Doc Ock as Spider-Man and all that. I DC might very well do some things very very similar to that. I don't see a point where the sort of accepted norm is someone other than Bruce's Batman. There will be books, there will be whatever. It it will be, well, Bruce isn't Batman for now. I don't see a time when they ever really pull the plug on that.
2: Great. So I'm glad you said that because my point was going to be when people talk about legacy at DC or different characters donning the cowl or whatever, whatever you want to say, Identity, superhero identity. I don't understand why we have to have binary Bruce is or isn't Batman, Dick is or isn't Batman, Luke is or isn't Batman. Actually, uh, it's been well documented on this show that Dick and Bruce were Batman at the same time for like a few months in there. Yep. And it worked out just fine, and we all loved it. It was the best. I I don't understand... <laughs> And I'm just some country chuckle fuck. You know, but like, I don't understand why you can't have Luke Fox as the new Batman, the bright, shiny new Batman running around solving regular, normal Batman crimes and have Bruce Wayne still willing to don that Batman cowl, his Batman cowl running around in the background, being like a legacy statesman for the Justice League coming in for adventures when they really need... Like, why can you not have both?
0: Well, I actually... Why can't you? I I, I agree completely. I actually was recently pitching this on the Multiversity Slack channel where I said that if I were to write a Batman book at this point, it it would be sort of like Batman Inc., but all in Gotham, that everybody in the Bat family can go out as Batman for whatever the situation calls itself for
2: sure or like multiple bat girls or multiple bat women right or... but
0: but like you know but there's just like you know it, okay batman is needed but it but it's, a, but it's a detective case and tim is the detective that's the best of the bunch you know the, so, oh the, wonderful so tim goes out batman for that core yes exactly <laughs> yeah um <laughs> you know but the, you know there're just the, there would be things that each of them would would do and and that would lead to a lot of interesting stories but even with that there would still be the implication that bruce is the batman
1: and I just sure. think that's always they, 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 be per, they have to call him the Batman right. in every <laughs> – and anytime he's referred to. yes, The
2: Batman. The Batman. Um, <laughs> um. So you're right, Brian. He he, Bruce will probably eventually have to be the Batman. But why can't you have two Batman? Why can't you can't, have – I'm
0: not disagreeing with any of this. I feel like I'm coming off like I'm disagreeing here. I, no, no, no. I want and all I'm of not... this so badly.
2: That's rhetorical more than anything. Like – what I want is a read and I'll never get it because that's not the way this works. But like, I want to hear from a big wig as to why that doesn't work. (laughs) You know, I don't, it, I know that people are picking up Batman books, expecting to read about Bruce Wayne, but if you've got things clearly labeled or clearly, I don't know, there's a way to do it. I feel. And I just feel like what's, what's going on right now at DC and to a lesser extent, Marvel, because they're doing better than DC. But what's going on there is not working. It's a constant churn. And if they want to stay in this churn and just keep you know, switching things up every three years or whatever, just to juice the numbers a little bit, by all means. But why don't you just do something bold, you know? I, I, don't, I don't understand. Like, what are you going to do, sell 10,000 less copies of batman for one month and then decide hey it didn't work you know like that's what happens anyway that's literally what happens every time they relaunch these books
1: at this point you literally you probably could relaunch a book every two years and do literally anything and it would get that new series bump and trail off probably with a a relatively you know stable curve you know Mm -hmm.
2: That's kind of what Marvel does, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like they don't always reboot things with, uh, you know, uh, yeah, or no, yeah. Sometimes their reboots are like really weird and goofy and <laughs> don't make much sense. And then
2: the yeah. the, the joke I made earlier was, uh, one year Marvel published two A Force number ones in the yep. same year.
0: <laughs> yes, they did
2: and <laughs> that's probably not ideal but like it it just goes to show that that if you want to do this kind of stuff and you want to keep your numbers going you can kind of have your cake and eat it too because they've introduced marvels introduced a lot of legacy over the last few years and a lot of it is still around you know uh, you've got your main um you've got you've got like as far as i know tony and uh, Thor Steve. running around, and S- Steve and Bruce Banner, but but um, but you've also got all these legacy characters still, for the most part, running around, and right.
1: and and they do weird, interesting status quo changes for the like, uh, you know the the main the main characters.
2: They do, yeah, and um, I, I think like, I think like, the only. Th- yeah, oh, go, go ahead. Sorry, finish. That well,
1: thought. no, no. Well, I was just gonna say, like, like the immortal Hulk stuff, or like what they're gonna do. I guess with Iron Man coming up soon, you know, doing the twenty twenty thing, and um, you know, Thor. Thor has had like a big status quo shift. Hmm. Um. I don't feel like any decent like definitely not in the big three, has had a significant status quo shift, other than you know maybe you could argue clark getting his family back but that was really just kind of like returning to the old status quo kind of yeah um yeah go ahead
2: i I think the thing that bothers me that marvel does is that um they they relaunch books seemingly with less of a pitch as far as like what the change is going to be um like like that A Force thing I have no idea why there had to be two separate A Force series just wow. called A Force If you I mean if you know nothing about the plot yeah there was no clear reason for that to happen and it's the same like I feel like anytime they relaunch Guardians of the Galaxy like is it really that much different but they're clearly doing it to goose the numbers. Um, and so, I like, I get... I, or Thor. Jason Aaron's Thor has been amazing. But I cannot tell you what the difference between the last few Thor relaunches have been. Because, like... Oh, well, it, I can. It, well... <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know what I mean though? Like, I sort of like, do.
1: I mean, the,
2: oh, here's the, what I mean. Here's the, what I mean. the
1: like Secret Wars thing, like, screwed up a bunch of stuff. Like, that's Absolutely. where like the A Force and the Spider Gwent, there were like three or four series that had two volumes in one year, yeah, because of Secret Wars.
2: And what that, I mean like, is, screwed like, screwed
1: up a bunch of stuff.
2: You cannot look at the titles Mighty Thor, 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 God of Thunder, Thor. You can't look no, at that no. and make any sense of it. You know what I mean? Of
1: like what is contained inside.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, yes. No. So, like, so I wish. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. could have all been one book with. It It could have just been Thor and yes. been like a, a continuously numbered series.
2: So imagine if DC were, were to do like the 5G thing and they say this is like you suggested, Zach. This is literally 5G Batman. Oh, that's how I. That's how I know what this is, you know, or they literally call it like Batman with a subtitle, Luke Fox or some something, you know, sure. Um. That that would take care of a lot of my problem. Like Marvel is just so relaunch happy for with seemingly no rhyme or reason. Um, well,
1: I think that they're maybe a lot, and I'm not like trying to be just like the Marvel defenders logged on here, but I think that they're closer to what we've talked about with like the seasons model, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing.
2: They they you are know? closer to that, but even even then, I feel like they've made it way more confusing than it has to be. Yes, I agree with
1: that. I guess uh, Yeah, it, I mean, with like like so with Guardians, easier. like with Guardians, it's been tied with like creative team changes.
2: I mean, yeah, so but and, I don't think like, I don't think that's good enough for like delineating. What's what you know? I wish they had subtitles like Hellboy Volley like uh, you know, like BPRD. Yes,
1: sure, sure. I yeah. mean, I guess like you could. The subtitle is by so by like yeah, such and such writer.
2: <laughs> Great. That's okay. Awesome.
0: <laughs> well, so, so here's what I want to say. We already have a clue that this is what DC is doing. Um, there have been some some whispers, if you will, that there will be two JSA books spinning out of Doomsday Clock. That one of them will be set in the 40s, and one of them will be set now. So if that is the case, aren't we essentially getting G1, G5, JSA?
1: Yeah, that'd be great. Let's do it. Yeah. but
0: But here's the difference between what that is versus sort of what my platonic ideal for this is. In my world, the G one book is Alan Scott, Jay Garrick, etc., and the G five book is new versions of those characters. Yeah, that would be sure. awesome. Or younger yep. versions, you know, a, a younger Justice Society, like you know, because because then you could you could reasonably say like, okay, um, the Jeff Johns JSA, you know, the David Goyer, James Robinson, Jeff Johns JSA. Well, that is really the the G three, um, mm-hmm. you know, version, and you can have yeah. a character or two carry over, but it's not just the same thing. And my fear with if they were to do what you guys are saying with the different G books is that all five G Batman would be Bruce Wayne. It would just be Bruce <laughs> yes. Wayne stories from different times, and so that well, it,
1: is... it like definitely would be because like they've even said that Bruce is like gonna be in this Luke Fox thing as like right. the. the the man in the chair
2: right you and know. he should be like they don't they don't have to get why do every time we talk about this it has to be assumed that oh bruce is gone now no, and I, i'm not talking about I, us i mean yeah. i mean the the discourse
0: yeah because that's what i was gonna say you know I, in my mind in this g5 jsa i'd be totally fine if like if you know the sort of the big three of of Green Lantern, Flash, and Wildcat are still there in a in a reduced capacity. I'm not saying that they all have to be dead for this to work. i well,
1: just... I, I am because I want it all to be uh
0: real time. Sure. But like but but I <laughs> it'll just... never be It'll never be real time, yeah. Um but you know I just think that there's something to be said for for having the focus different. But you know, as long as there are, see what I was just about, about to say, and I've been thinking about this for about ten minutes as you guys have been prattling on. Um, kidding. <laughs> well,
1: kidding. I, I I've still got to say my thing that I wanted to
0: say earlier. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Don't um, forget it. But no, but what I was going to say was that um, you know my argument has always been that DC is very reluctant to do anything that confuses the dipshit mom and dad who bring their kid into a comic store, right? And, that
2: doesn't exist.
0: Well, that's what I was going to say though. Like you know, this this happened to me recently. I told you guys about my trip to the terrible comic store near my house with the yeah. Crest, what's the that. name of that place? I'm not going to say it on the. Air. I know, I know. Um, but like you know, and uh, and my son wanted a Spider-Man comic, and you know, if I just walked over to the shelf, there's a very good chance I could have picked up a Spider-Man comic that doesn't represent what he meant when he said Spider-Man, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that, you know, kid has an expectation and you may not get what what that is. I might have picked up the Miles Morales one or the Peter Parker one or Spider-Gwen because I read it too fast, whatever, you know. I understand the idea that for many years you wanted to make it as clear as possible what the book was. So when somebody came in, when the mythical new reader wandered into a store or a kid was brought in by their parent, that they would be able to pick up the comic they wanted to pick up that doesn't exist anymore. But, for IP reasons, that still does exist. Yes. And I think that for, for Warner Brothers and AT&T, part of the reason, no, the entire reason that you own DC Comics is not for the comics themselves. The entire reason you own them is to spin them off into, into adaptations of some kind or another. And I, I cannot see a world where in all but very extreme circumstances, people want adaptations of the newer versions than the original versions
1: well that'll that'll never happen, but that's also why i like am just boggled on why like we don't just get like lame Batman reboot every five years in the in the films and the comics just don't go off and do the wildest things because yep. it yep. has been demonstrated time and time again that there is no correlation between the two.
2: Yep. And then why even do Luke Fox Batman at all then? Why even do it at all? If if you don't because- if you don't have confidence in you know what I mean
0: like I, I mean the, the answer to that is that, and look, bless his heart, we make fun of him all the time, but I think Dan Dio does want to tell interesting comic stories, yeah, but I, I agree. think that, but there's a certain but there's a certain cap to what a he can do at d c before you know the parent company overlords step in, but also b there's a certain limit to the range there like it's a minor miracle that. Into the Spider-Verse happened. Right? Even though it was an animated film, like that film is is as close as we're ever gonna get to what we're talking about moving beyond comics and into the mainstream. Can we agree on that? Yes. And even I... that neither Peter Parker is a big part of it. Yeah. You know? Um I I just get the impression that. That no matter how wild and great. I
1: I would maybe push back against that though, because like we're getting a Kamala Khan TV show.
0: Alright, but you yeah, have to understand though, like the difference between Spider-Man and Miss Marvel are oceans apart.
1: Well well, they are, but like they don't necessarily have I think they are to you. And me? But I don't think that that distinction is going to last that much longer. If I
0: called up your mother right now.
1: My mom knows who Miss Marvel is. She's like read, she has bought them on Amazon and read them without
0: me even telling you her su- about them. Are you serious? Them. Yeah. Okay, that's serious. that's serious. fucking like, nuts.
2: All right. Use my yeah. mom okay, who but, watches Home and Family every day. Hey,
0: hey, Vince, if I called your mom said, hey, yeah. what's the name of Spider Man? Could you say she Peter say, Parker? She'd probably say Peter Parker. Okay. Maybe. If, if I said to your mom, Hey, who's Miss Marvel? She'd say, "Who's Miss Marvel?" <laughs> but,
1: but, but She'd I want to like take back against show. that just
0: a little bit because, like,
1: ten years ago, if we had asked either of our any of our moms who Iron Man's name was, they couldn't have told us that.
2: My mom still wouldn't know. Okay, My
1: mom still but know. Uh, well, I don't know what to say then because, like, <laughs> I guess your moms can't be that much older than mine are. Mine is Maybe they are. I don't know. Yeah, no, my mom not, only
2: watches Hannity all day, so I mean, like that is like pure pop
1: culture right now, like that. Like Tony Sark <laughs> is as iconic as any other nerd culture thing.:
0: But my mom probably hasn't seen a superhero movie in the theater since Superman the movie. Okay, or Well, or I, on cable I, since Superman. The well, movie. then we're
1: just, we're just living different lives then because like both like my parents, my wife's parents, my wife. like my wife, like they all go to those movies no. and like know them. Like
2: that's wild. Yeah, that's I mean, this like, is the wildest shit I've ever that, heard. That is,
1: actually. Like, like, like I mean, it's like it's like going to see Star Wars or going no. to see. But my parents they don't do Star either. Wars either. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> <I don't laughs> what are you know talking?
1: about? I don't know then. I'm, okay. My Sorry. dad
0: would have totally parroted the Martin Scorsese. That's not cinema line about, about Marvel movies. 100%. Yeah. I don't
1: 100%. I see maybe <laughs> that's Maybe that's why I'm seeing that's this. Different.
0: Cinema.
2: Maybe
1: yeah. that's why I'm looking at this differently than you guys, because like, I feel like, um, Marvel has like succeeded in, in making their niche stuff mainstream. Well, look, hey,
0: look, here's okay. I, I, can, I can give you empirical evidence that it worked for Marvel. Okay, I work with teenagers. When I started my job in 2004, I wore a Green Lantern t shirt one of my first days there. And every single person asked me, What's that t shirt? If I wore that Green Lantern t shirt now, half the kids that I work with would say, Who's your favorite Green Lantern? Like, and, and that's not a Marvel example, but just comics have penetrated the mainstream so much in the last 15 years. It's, see, it's I
1: don't know. I See, I I don't... You work with kids, and I don't. I I don't know if I know any kid who could name you one Green Lantern, maybe, other than Jon Stewart, and that's only because of...
0: If it's a kid, they haven't seen Jon Stewart in the Justice League animated stuff. That stuff okay, that's but could no, your mom's
2: that?
1: At? I mean, like, that was on Netflix, Brian, for a long time, so I I, like... They probably, more than you would think, probably have. Um, No, I don't think my mom could name any Green Lanterns. I was joking. Um, Okay,
2: can I tell you you the real difference between Marvel and DC and Miss Marvel and all this shit? Sure. Marvel is now at the point where they're playing with house money a hundred times over. You cannot compare a single thing that Marvel does in the multimedia landscape to anything DC or Warners do with their properties, because Marvel is so far ahead as far as a brand is concerned and the trust that the audience has in that brand. Marvel wouldn't have come out of the gates with Kamala Khan, but now they can pretty much do whatever they want, and as long as they have the Marvel brand on it, there's a trust there. It makes money. That's what Guardians Guardians of the Galaxy proved. Would you be
1: can you really compare the comic side of things then either?
2: No, I don't think you can. I, uh, okay. Yes. Yeah.
1: I would agree with that. Yeah. I don't um, think you really can. Probably not.
2: And that's, um, that's kind of what I'm saying when like Marvel has been getting away with this and they've been more successful in general than DC, even through all these changes they've made. And DC just keeps churning because they can't get this foothold. And, and that's why I'm saying it's time for DC to try something radically different but see, that's and try I to won't. make it stick. That's okay. why they won't. This that's is, what I'm saying. This, yes, this
1: is the perfect yes. time for me to say the thing I've been wanting to say.
2: Lay it on us.
1: Why do you think that DC has gotten to the point where they have such diminishing returns with legacy? So, like, take it back to Silver Age and think about how lasting that's been. Then take it to um, like. Zero hours. Yeah. yeah, zero hours, nineties, you know, like Kyle Rayner, Wally, like that crew. And the effect that they had that is was lasting but dwarfed now by the Silver Age characters. And now and then to the point where we are now where you cannot create a legacy character that lasts more than a year, tops or who who has an emphasis for more than a year or so, you know. And like, I I know my answer, and I think it's just because the stakes are higher now. What but stakes? what do you guys think? What stakes? It, the like like the brand, like the brand recognition, the financial yes. stakes. The, there are more eyes than ever, and so they can do less. It, well, it's it's weirdly paradoxical. There are more eyes than ever, so they can't get away with things but somehow the things that they did found an audience that is now the audience that prevents them from doing new things.
0: Absolutely, yes. It's it's I so wild. You, I agree with that. And... But I have two I have two sort of counter arguments to that. And that's people we're going to talk about later, Damian Wayne and John Kent. Damian Wayne has been around for almost 10 years at this point. More than 10, He's... years right? Yeah, he's he's an exception. Yeah, he's, and DC is setting up John Kent to be that guy, also. Well, but we don't know how long that'll last. No, but, but they're already doing more with him than they've done with any legacy character, not Damian Wayne, in a long time. He's sure, already been sure. back
2: for three, like three ish years now. So yeah.
0: Yeah, wow.
1: that's true. That's true. Um, but but to to your point, Zach. But then for I... every da- Damian and Jonathan Kent, you have like. A Simon Baz yeah, or just say Simon Baz. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah.
0: Who we'll talk about later, actually.
1: Sure. <laughs> we will.
2: To yeah. your point though, Zach, about all this and, and how, and why I agree with it and what I was going to, how I was going to answer your question is that, uh, again, Marvel, Marvel has this huge toll hold on everything where they could, they could literally do anything, and audiences will go along with it. They could introduce a new Iron Man that's whoever. A new Captain America could be whoever, and Marvel would go along with it. People might not like it as much as Tony and Steve, but they'll go along with it because of the brand trust. DC and Warners don't have that, and so what what they're doing and what they are perpetually doing, it seems, for the last five to ten years... Is trying to est- trying to get their icons over, and really the only one that has penetrated the the mass media the way that the entirety of Marvel has is Batman, right? Mm-hmm. So they need the Flash to be Barry, and they need Superman to be Superman, and they need Bruce to be Batman, and they need Di- Wonder Woman to be with Diana. They need th- to get these icons over. Before they feel more comfortable doing weird things with them, and I feel like maybe five G is to Dio saying, "Hey, let's push out and do what Marvel did and see if any of it sticks, if any of it goes the way Kamala Khan went, the way sure. Miles Morales went." I mean, it even is though Marvel they do
1: now, it's Marvel now. It We've is. Been joking about it on Twitter a lot, but they like one hundred percent is that. Yeah.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah. Which I am. I'm. I am so here for. I am here for it. I, but I feel like more than anything, DiDio and Lee are forcing the issue. And I don't think... I'm not saying that as a criticism. I don't think it's going to work because I think a lot of, you know, the people that drive comic book sales aren't going to... They're going to take their ball and go home, right? But I think it's them forcing the issue, saying, like, look, we could be doing a lot more with these... uh with these icons and the identities associated with them, and we're not doing it. So let's just try to... Let's do it all at once and see what happens.
0: So here's what I wanted to say before. I really think that in in a very, very real sense, Marvel and DC are in the exact opposite positions that they were in 40 years ago. 40 years ago, you could ask the average person... Like, name three superheroes. And two of the three would have been DC. It would have been, you know, this is around the time of Superman the movie, 10 years after Batman 66, Wonder Woman with Linda Carter was on TV. Most of those people would have been able to name probably two of those three, and maybe you said Spider-Man. Right? Does that sound about right? Sure. About four years ago, right. And Marvel was doing really innovative stuff in the comics that you know that's right before Days of Future Past. That's you know, there were a lot of clunkers there, but there was a lot of also really innovative stuff. You start getting a lot more of the cosmic stuff coming in. And it took forever before Marvel was able to turn their comic successes into multimedia successes. You know, Sam Raimi's Spider Man is really the first time outside of a cartoon there was a a hit Marvel thing. I guess you could say Blade. People didn't realize Blade was Marvel though. I'm talking about you know X Men too. Yeah, X Men and Spider Man. Those those were the, the first two yeah, big ones, yeah. right? And those happened at a point when DC's movies had floundered. That was right after Batman and Robin, mm-hmm. and it was before Batman Begins. I think the problem that DC is going to have ever getting back into that mainstream place here is I don't see Marvel movies ever tanking the way that DC movies did at this point. It's such a machine that if they begin to slip a little bit, they'll reboot everything. I don't think we're ever going to get that five-year period between DC movies that that gave Marvel... I'm not saying it's because DC was bad. It opened up a window that that Marvel was able to crawl through, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think we're ever going to see that from Marvel. Marvel's never going to let DC get to that point again. And I think that as long as AT&T owns DC, the primary goal is get to that point. And so I see this as being a constant battle without any resolution until either Warner Brothers shutters DC, they sell DC, I don't see a way that DC can get on a not on a comics level, on a company level. I don't see a path for DC to get back to where Marvel is anytime soon.
1: Yeah, I I, on it like I don't on the movie side either, the multimedia side, which I view it's like such a bigger beast than the comic side, which it, it it always comes down to like I am just boggle that the comics are even part of the conversation honestly like i i just do not understand why the comics don't just do whatever they want because ultimately they really don't matter i i think maybe yeah. i'm wrong about that i think in general i think there's like i think that marvel and dc each only need like two three top tops like evergreen titles per year to be like Golden, in terms of you know
0: catering to the movie side you're missing one key ingredient though Zach what's that that's that the movies need uh stories to adapt,
1: yeah, no, they don't need comics though they can hire a writer's room
0: to do that for like, some reason there is still I mean, this like desire to adapt film, to I, I, I know
1: I know there I know there is, but like Marvel's already moved past that anyway, like they like I like, there are yeah. enough like iconic comic book titles that they can crib subtitles for that do not need to reference that source material at all. Like I mean, Age like of Infinity Ultron War. is not. Like yeah, Infinity, War, Infinity War, yeah. War, Age of Ultron, uh, like Civil War, really even like even. even even. I mean, like yeah, they don't they don't need that. And I would argue like what of this like new batch of Marvel movies is referential to any existing stories that we know about? Um, I guess like Thor a little bit. Um, WandaVision is supposedly Tom King's vision, which really? like heaven help us. Gosh, <laughs> that's grim. That's, yeah. Um, but I, I just think that, like, they I think Marvel at least has passed the need for that. Um, well. And I think, like, Kevin Feige has, like, actively pushed Marvel Creative away anyway.
2: Yeah, I think, yes. Yep. I think that's a good point. Um, have we have we hit the end here? Or does anyone have anything else?
0: I just want our listeners to recognize that even though I think we're being pretty negative here, we all want big things.
2: Oh, I don't I don't think we're
0: being negative. Oh, I feel like I'm just
1: like I just yeah, I I just want like these companies to maybe I'm wrong. I mean, and like we are all playing like, you know, armchair analyst here. We don't know what it's like to run a Billion dollar company, um, but I just, yourself. oh yeah, I just cannot see any way that the comics like affect the real money maker, which is the film, and and other like multimedia marketing stuff. Um, I don't see how having Luke Fox as the Batman in a comic book that one hundred thousand people will read a month tops affects anything
2: hmm Yeah.
0: All right. Well let's take a break uh, and then can I can sure. I just end okay.
2: Sure. I, I've been waiting to end with this. It's the best comment uh <laughs> on any of these bleeding cool articles about this because it perfectly sums up the predicament that D C is in and that that superhero comics are in in general. Uh, allow me to read it for you this is from poster vegeta (laughs) the e the first e is a three though uh okay listen carefully you can only do the same thing for so long before it gets old this will be the third time within a decade that bruce was replaced by someone and the fourth overall i'll take a break and maybe buy some old books until bruce is back under the cowl i think a lot of fans will do the same you can only do the same thing for so long before it gets old. <laughs> but he's gonna wait until Bruce is back under the cowl.
0: <laughs> I,
1: <laughs> Makes you think. Yeah. Hmm. yeah.
2: What What's getting old here?
0: Shower thoughts. All right. Well, we'll be back after the, after this break with with reviews of actual comics after that hour and a half or so of uh, of us discussing 5G. So stay tuned.
1: Hello, podcast listener. I'm Kevin.
0: I'm
2: Jess.
1: And I'm Nick. And we are Make Mine Multiversity, a monthly podcast discussing all things Marvel Comics.
2: Each month, we will be discussing Marvel news and looking
0: at some of their major recent comic book or movie releases.
1: We also look at older storylines, character histories, and Marvel's place in the overall comics market. We have a variety of perspectives: the recent Marvel fan,
0: the jaded longtime reader,
1: and the reader who's finally digging into Marvel's back catalog after a decade of avoidance. So if you want to know what books made me cry this month, what books made me almost cry this month,
2: and what books I wish would make me feel something,
1: check out "Make Mine Multiversity," a Marvel podcast, the fourth
2: Friday of every month on multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcast, or your podcatcher of choice. And make mine Marvel. Multiversity. Multiversity.
0: And we are back with some comic reviews. First, our lists. We tend to forget the lists. Or when I say we, I mean me. So um, on the good list this week, Catwoman, Gotham City Monsters, The Flash, Wonder Woman, and Detective Comics. Vince, tell us why tech is good this week.
2: Uh, Batman dons like the old uh, like 90s action figure uh, flame... Flame Bat Suit because he's taken on Mr. Freeze. And uh, it rocks. It whips Sack.
0: All right, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll believe it when I see it. I, I have not read that yet. On the OK list, we have Batman and the Outsiders, Collapser, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, Hawkman, Justice League Odyssey, Supergirl, and Wonder Twins. On uh, the Same Man Universe list, we have House of Whispers. On the Walmart list we have Batman Universe and on the Neil Adams list we have Batman versus Ra's Al Ghoul. Um Yeah. So um let's dig into the first of our reviews. What are you boys really talking about first?
2: Uh event Leviathan.
0: But that's not alphabetically first.
2: Is it not?
0: I don't know. I would think Batman. Do you count, grave, but, do you uh, count
1: the yeah. in Batman's? grave
2: the event leviathan
0: okay all right event leviathan number five written by brian bendis illustrated by alex Malieve. um so i i'm gonna say something perhaps a, a little bit bold but i don't i don't think it's exactly a hot take or anything but if this was the series we have been getting since issue one I'd have been much more on board with this series. Uh, I can get behind
1: that? that. Yeah. No. This is uh, this was good. I liked this.
2: Yeah, these last two issues have been great.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah.
2: And the thing about it that bugs me is that every time this happens, pe- people say like, "Well, oh, you gotta wait. You gotta wait till the back half of the series to see what's you know really going on and everything." I really don't believe that there's anything like issue four and five are great. I don't believe there's anything in issues one, two and three that help make issues four and five great. Do you know what I mean?
0: Sure. I think you you might need one of those issues to sort of set the stage, but no. more.
2: Yes. Which I think we did suggest like you could have combined those three into one. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right on on that account. But yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can barely separate them out in my head right now.
2: Um What's well, because so little happened in the
1: Exactly. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, no, but, this but, was good.
2: Yeah, um, talk about, like, because st- technically Leviathan is still a mystery to them at this point. It's not to us anymore, but. Um,
1: yeah.
2: But talk well, and I about. I think they've
1: even kind of, they've even kind of figured it out, sort
2: of. Over the course of this issue, yes,
1: right, yes, yeah,
2: and and what I was what I was suggesting with that is that this issue is a masterclass in like propelling the plot forward, having characters doing action while figure well investigating and figuring out this mystery. Yes. Whereas the first three issues of this were just so much standing around in the Batcave or where or in the crumbled. Uh, Argus or whatever, wherever they were, mm-hmm. uh, just, Args. you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, uh, Sorry, uh, right. you sell me a hot dog. Yeah, um, exactly.
0: that, was, that was a joke for an audience of one. You're welcome. Yeah, um, and it's me. It's the guy on yeah, this podcast. Exactly, yeah. so. <laughs> um,
2: but you know what I mean? Like. Bendis knows how to do action and dialogue and plot all working together and I just feel like those first few issues just didn't oh they were so static
0: yeah Yeah. I'll also say this I get really tired sometimes of lots of characters trying to uh, lots of villains trying to talk sense into superheroes like very rarely does, does the villain's pitch go over well with why Batman should stop being Batman or whatever, right? However, I really liked this one thing that Leviathan said to Superman here, which is basically, "We'll fix the world. You protect it. Mm. It's not he, he. He does do a little bit of the good hunting. It's not your fault, son. Uh, <laughs> talk to him. But, but in general, I do like the idea of. Superman if Superman is meant to be the protector of the world that's all and good but the world still needs to be fixed and those are two different things. I thought that was an interesting uh, that was an interesting plot device there by Bendis. It
1: it was interesting and it was also interesting how you know like they intended to essentially do all of this kind of in you know in the dead of night basically, you know while while Superman was away, we fixed the world. Which is a really interesting idea for a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one we've kind of seen variations on a little bit before. Um, but I, I like that. And I, I liked this a bit about you know how this thing that Leviathan has Clark trapped in was made to trap John. Which is a really good way to... Um, not, uh, it, it puts Clark in a really interesting position, I think.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, which again, you know, you can tell really interesting stories with uh, with uh, Clark as a father who would have thunk,
2: yeah? <laughs> um, but not until you age up his boy, not and until then, you age up his boy, twice maybe, twice yeah. maybe, yeah. <laughs>
1: And uh and speaking of fathers, like the Sam Lane bit, that,
2: mm, that was great. That
1: hit home pretty well, I think.
2: It did. Really good Alex Malieve uh moment there.
1: Yeah. There's
2: there were some there were a lot of panels with no words there that like got across the, the emotion
0: yes. really well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh I'll also say I greatly prefer Lois' second team to the first team. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hang out with yeah, the second same, team all definitely. the time. Yeah.
1: Uh, I love somebody called Constantine uh, Sting. Uh, Sting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, uh, so,
1: uh, so do we want to talk a little? I mean, I guess we did. We talk about the thing in the. The the leaked info. Did we talk about that on air before?
2: Did we? I don't remember if we talked about that on air or we not. We talk for so long when we record these; it's
0: hard to tell. Yeah, I don't remember. Doesn't.
1: But I guess I guess like, you know, we we had had an inkling of who Leviathan might be, at least as of last
2: issue. Yes. Right. Based and, on and this based issue, on seems some to website. like confirm that. What yeah. website was it that? put that together
1: it was either news or cbr i think it wasn't bleeding cool i don't
2: think oh i think it was some minor
0: website and somebody really yeah i, it was uh, in the I comments don't remember something and somebody picked it up i, don't... I really don't remember anyway
2: but... we, we're not gonna source this we're gonna just pretend it was our idea yeah we figured mm-hmm. we figured it out you heard it here first on the dc3 cast
0: there but was also don't. a couple of moments in this book that were very much Bendis moments, but they worked. Like for instance, when there's the scene where basically everybody realizes that Batman is listening in on the second team's conversation and there's there's the conversation about stealing Batman's car and all that. And then Green Arrow says, Tell Ralph Hey <laughs> And yeah. that's that's a total Bendis thing. But I really enjoyed that. Yes.
1: Yeah, wait, but real quick, we talked about the thing, but we still haven't said what it is, and so they haven't actually heard it here first. (laughs) Are are we going to talk about it, though? No,
0: I don't want to spoil it in case somebody doesn't want it to be spoiled. They they haven't figured it out yet. Okay,
1: okay, okay, that's what I'm, okay. So you didn't hear it here first, folks. Sorry.
0: And
2: you won't ever now, because Brian ruined it, so.
0: Yeah. Uh, A couple of questions for you guys. We presume Sam Lane is dead, right? Presumably, yeah.
2: That's okay. that's what the moment is meant to convey, I think.
0: Yeah. Um. Do Until G five. We... Yes, <laughs> when we get a young, sexy Sam Lane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and Lois accidentally
2: walks in on him in the shower. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> I basically picture that. that's her him. thing now. Yeah. <laughs> I am basically picturing him in Lieutenant Dangle shorts from Real uh, <laughs> 911, <laughs> like in full military gear but short shorts. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's how they will do sexy, uh, sexy Sam Lane. Um, I also want to talk a little bit about the uh, the last page of this, which is uh, which sees the return of the silencer, of course, because <laughs> because the New Age of Heroes happened and it mattered, but more than that, sort of Talia al Ghul. Joining the heroes to save the world. Yes.
2: Damien, it's mummy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And she wouldn't have that accent, but.
1: Um, But she probably would in like the adaptation,
0: though.
2: Yeah, Yeah. there you go. Yeah. When she's played
0: by. Let's see who would play. This is good. Um, Talia Al Ghul. Who does she look like here? So she was like Baroness from G.I. Joe. <laughs> I don't know. Regardless. Yeah,
1: I have no idea. I don't know. I have nothing to...
0: This yeah. is a bad
2: bit. Let's just move
0: yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving um, on. But no, I, I do think bringing her back into it is smart. And it's smart. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's the original
2: Leviathan, so she 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 can't let that name get
0: tarnished. <laughs> yeah. Now, will the new DC timeline explain how she was shot in the head in the last issue of Batman Incorporated but is walking around that, here?
2: Absolutely. Okay. It's it all will be revealed as always happens
0: in comics. Yes. Always. Uh any other event Leviathan thoughts?
2: It's it's good and I'm glad it's good now.
1: Um Yeah, I I love every time Bendis gets to do a recap page (laughs) because it's just like a big middle finger to DC. And I love like this this (laughs) I love how this recap page is just an art page with words on it that recap the story, i.e. a recap page. (laughs) Uh, But somehow it slides.
0: Well, you know, Bendis still has that uh, that new car smell at DC. Yeah, so. yeah. All right. Well, let's get the Joker Harley Criminal Sanity, number one. Uh, do we know what this is? One of what? Oh
2: man, I I almost want to say twelve. Oh, fuck me, is it really? No, I mean, it
1: cannot be.
2: I don't know. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm looking it up too.
0: Uh, yeah. nine. 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 okay nine of this nine i'm not reading, is I'm not reading another issue <laughs> this is written by cammy garcia illustrated by miko swayon and mike mayhew i have a couple uh, of thoughts about this issue but i want to hear why zach is not going to read another issue first <laughs> it's too dark
2: I'll say you're scared of it. That's I mean too fucked up, too raw. Got it. It
1: really is though. There are like five, four or five pages that are just devoted to like depicting actual serial killers and the things that they did. Yeah. Um. You know, like Ed Gein. Can I point out one really important
0: factual error here, though? Sure. Sure. Okay. We all know that. John Wayne Gacy actually killed 10,000 people with a slant of his hand, running far, running fast to the dead. We all know that. Maybe more. Maybe more. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get a Sufi bit I had to do it. If this story...
1: If the main villain of this story is John Wayne Gacy Jr. and he has committed mass genocide with a wave of his hand... <laughs> I will continue to read it. (laughs) I'm glad that joke went over well, at least with you two. So there we go. Oh, man. There's an interesting through line, though, um, that I'm going to – like. it begins in this book (laughs) that we're going to talk about. So this book leads into another book later, um, which also leads into – and this book leads into the two other books that are tangential to it sure. in some interesting ways, or not so interesting, really. Um, but I, I want to go ahead and plant the seeds. The two important things are uh, burying people under floorboards, <laughs> and then the other important thing is that uh, the, the distinction of criminally
0: insane. Yes. Okay. Okay. I
2: know where, I know where you're going with this, but yes yeah so yeah
0: here is the first thing I want to say about this book. If there were not seven other books just like this, this wouldn't be that bad. I think in terms of an actual comic, first of all it look it looks really nice. Both these artists are very very talented artists and I think that it's presenting a slightly different take on the character. I am fine with all of that. But we have so many books just like this. This just becomes noise at this point.
1: Well, you know, I almost want to push back against that a little bit because I think that, like, so I I don't like this kind of book, like, because I'm not I'm not a true crime guy. I don't I don't like this stuff very much. Um, but this is a Harley Quinn book in name only, and this could be this book, like as it is, could pretty much exist at like image or dark horse as as just kind of a generic creator owned crime thriller and it it would be the exact same thing there's almost nothing distinctive about this well i guess to go i i guess that goes along with what you're saying that it's just like everything else but i would say it's not like everything else at dc right now right
2: so i as usual I fall somewhere in the middle of you two, because I think you're both right. I think Zach Zach is right when he says this is a Harley and Joker, uh, at least with through issue one. It's a Harley and Joker story in name only. There's nothing recognizably Harley and Joker about this. Um, but Brian is also right, because even the Joker and Harley stories that we've gotten recently, by by the very nature of who these characters are, and how realism has pervaded the medium they often deal with like harley's perception of the joker and the psychological motivations behind what the two how the two of them exist and i feel like harleen which we just read a couple weeks ago on its face couldn't be more different than this comic that is a harley and joker comic sure but it depicts but it depicts Harley's uh uh psychiatry side right? right and dovetails that in with like how she feels about the joker and how she feels about twisted twisted mm-hmm. murderous crime and this obsession that she has uh, visually they're very different thematically it feels like we just keep doing the same thing with these with these characters
0: that that's more, that was more my point is that I think that this is unique like Zach was saying for a couple of reasons like you know with the uh, either the true crime stuff or the um, you know the, the the lack of the sort of standard Joker Harley tropes right now but I can guarantee you by the end of this we're gonna hit all those tropes that yeah, especially if they're nine issues. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, um, yeah.
2: Well, speaking of the nine issues, before, I I almost feel like this was meant to be a graphic novel or something, and somewhere along the way they broke it up because the last page just ends. I almost I thought that. I don't know I if that's the PDF a PDF problem. Was fucked up. Yeah. Well, I thought yeah. yeah if it is, I we're missing know. a page here. Then, cause.
1: Uh, yeah I thought that that was really weird too um, you want to know what else I think is really weird
2: what's that you want to know how I got these scars?
0: <laughs> <laughs> these group um, of scars.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, man Mayhew's art I don't know what to think about it
0: it's it is not my style of art but I think it's it i think he does what he sets out to do quite well
1: i i just like i i can't fathom how it was made it (laughs) it is so photorealistic in some places that it looks like a photograph
2: it's it's probably it probably is like uh stand-ins i i don't want to presume anything Uh, uh, but sure but but like look especially at like the first one of his pages
1: which is like the flashback with harley coming home and like specifically the last panel on that page where she has her hand covering her face yeah or or like the one where she's eating like that looks almost indistinguishable from real life
2: yeah yes have you ever seen the way that um I think it's t- Tony Harris works. No. He has people standing and acting and taking pictures and then essentially photo references it. Or, or yeah. I don't know if he lightboxes just... over it, but I know some artists do. I don't want to pin that on him. No, sure. I, I, th- I think it's a, I think this... it's a legitimate technique if you – Yeah. Well, I'm know. just
1: saying like I just don't und- – like this looks like a photograph with a filter over it is what I guess I'm saying. Sure. I also found it, those
0: pages far less engaging than the Miko Sinan yeah. pages.
1: Same, because those are really interesting. You know, they're monochromatic. They really push that noir tone, which I most... Like, I actually did kind of enjoy that. Um, it's such a weird book. I, I don't know who this is for exactly um i really want to see what uh, i want to see what emily thinks about this
2: yeah there you go yes exactly
1: but i don't feel like she would maybe she would like it i don't know
0: well i will say this too i i was expecting this to lean heavier on certain aspects of the story and thus far it hasn't yet like we have not gotten any sort of of the problematic Joker Harley relationship just yet, um, and it's nice to have a book for once that doesn't like jump into their romance, right? Um, I don't know. I I didn't I didn't really like this book, but I didn't think this was terrible either. I also, it's just something else you said, Zach, you had said, like, um, that this could be happening at Image or wherever else right now, right? Yeah. And I, I think you're right about that, but I also think that at least Black Label is doing something that's a little bit different and exciting right now. Yeah. Like, I, this I, doesn't excite me, but, but I have to admit that this is better than, like, than sure. what I expected from a, a Black Label book.
1: Right, right. And I think that's like kind of the point that I was trying to get across is that like, I I didn't mean that disparagingly. I meant that as like, this feels different than this. I I was trying to highlight the fact that this feels different to me than the other things that DC is doing. Um, But it's just very much like not my cup of tea. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it's extremely well written uh, because there's a lot of information. Half the issue is an info dump about serial killers. And there's a lot of character establishing uh, exposition done to establish Harley in this reality and the people she works with. And I think it all goes down incredibly smoothly. If you'd have told me that there were several pages where there were just like a description of serial killers uh, of America's past. I would have expected something so dry that I would have trouble getting through it. And I thought that all went down really well. I think, I think Cami Garcia is a, a a pretty darn good writer. Um, she did the Raven, um, DC ink. Yes. I think it was. And, and that was, I read that and that was, uh, it's ink, right? Not zoom. I believe I, can, it I was, I would mix those up. um, And that was really good. So I think I think she's a super talented writer, and I think there's a place definitely for for books like this. I think I'm I think I'm more positive about it than you guys, but but at the same time, like I don't just the Joker Harley thing is just wearing it. No matter how different the take is, the whole thing is just wearing on me. But you can completely see one thing I'll say is that like if if DC if you can argue that DC is doing way too many Joker and Harley books, I don't think you can argue that when somebody comes to them with a pitch for a book that looks and feels and sounds like this, that they could say no. You know what I mean? Like no matter how many Joker Harley books you do, if they come to you with Joker and Harley Criminal Sanity, you know there's a true crime audience for this. Of both people that like the Joker and Harley thing, and Grizzly True Crime, you get a put uh, like a pitch like this that puts out a first issue that's this competent. You you're gonna publish it, right?
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
2: I mean, there is an audience for this, and it's people who listen to like Serial or. Get wrapped up in the latest, like Netflix or Hulu, true crime docu
0: series or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I know Zach's not going to read the next eight issues, but I'm going to read at least the next one.
1: <laughs> I might, I might read the next one. Maybe. I just. I mean, like, this was grim, and I it's so realistic in some parts that it really was like off-putting to me.
0: I understand that. Um, We're going to do sort of a a different style of review for our next book, which is the secrets of sinister house, which is the newest uh, DC anthology book that is, um, you know, Halloween themed for the upcoming, you know, Halloween season. And there are eight stories in here, and we're going to bring back one of our oldest segments for this, <laughs> which is a Pulp, Pirate, or Pulp. And so um, I will read off the character and the name of the story, and then we'll go from there. So Red Rain Batman in Nightmare Mist by Raphael Albuquerque and Raphael Scovan. Uh, who's, who's going Ravon? first? Scavone. Scavone. Scavone sounds more Italian. Let's go, Scavone. Uh, you can go first, Vincey. Pull. Pull. I think I'm between uh, pirate and pole, but this this was not bad. I'll I'll, I'll say pull. Sure. The the red
2: the red rain Batman smile at the end pulled it into pole territory for me.
0: The Batman who sucks.
2: <laughs> oh
0: jeez. Blood sucks. Blood. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> right, yep. we, got, we got The Adam in the Footsteps of Old Worm written by Dan Waters, illustrated by uh uh Summit Sumit Kumar. Kumar. Yeah. Vince? Pirate. pirate. Oh, I was going to give this a big, big pull. Ooh. Yeah, I I'd, I'd pull this one too. I like this. Uh Harley Quinn and Zatanna in Calling Dr. Bonkers by Paul Dini and CN Tourme
2: um pulp but not because it was bad I just i i didn't think anything of it
0: i'll pirate this one
1: i I think I will pulp it as well honestly it it was fine but it was I I think it was the only one I could have just
0: completely done without, maybe.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, fair enough. Martian Manhunter in Out of My Skin by uh, Diego Lucero Lopez and Phil Hester. Uh, this is a solid uh, pull for me. It's a pirate for me, I think.
2: It's a pull because I, I love Phil Hester's art.
0: I've always been a big fan. Would you say this is the good Phil Hester?
2: <laughs> There's only one Phil Hester.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, Justice League Dark and Dreamweaver by Robbie Thompson and Tom Rainey.
1: I'm going to say pull on this one.
2: Uh, I don't say pirate.
0: I'll say pirate too. It was on the verge of this is one of the two that I found were right on the verge of uh, of Pull and Pirate. Um, house of the Dead, which is a dead man story, ostensibly, uh, although it's listed here as a Secrets of Sinister House original by John oh. Lehman and Jorge Fornes.
2: That must be the Sinister House that they're in.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: this is a pull.
2: It's a pull, yeah. Gor- gorgeous. Yeah.
1: I, th- I think this was...
0: Maybe this one was probably in my top 3. Mhm. Yeah. Uh Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz in Fear 101 by Shay Grayson and Miguel Mendonca.
2: Pirate. The the definition of fine.
1: I almost wanted to I almost would pull this, but it, it's like on the cusp, but I'll
0: say Pirate. I'll pirate it too. I do like the fact that they Continue the trend from uh, Green Lanterns of having them both love pancakes.
1: Yeah, it's, uh-huh.
0: it's a small thing, but I, you know, you know, I'm a sucker yeah. for that shit.
1: And I, I liked. I don't know if they actually ever did this in the comic, but having like her anxiety attacks like drain her power battery. I thought that was like an interesting idea that could have. That I don't think it like works well. In like a long form story or like an arc, but in a, in a, in a one off, it works really well.
0: Yeah, I will agree with that. And uh, finally, Constantine in Hell is for Dreamers by Brian Hill and Alessandro Vitti. I'll say pirate.
2: Pirate on the cusp of pole. This is this is a good. This is a. Good, solid Constantine, but the plot of the story didn't blow me away.
0: Yeah, I'll say Pirate for this one as well.
1: And that was spoken by our resident Constantine expert. Yes.
2: (laughs) Who has finished every Hellblazer slash Constantine Uh, slash Constantine the Hellblazer.
1: You blow my mind because, like, at one point I thought you were still in the in the like maybe hundreds of that series and then I I look up and you're in the new 52 stuff. <laughs>
0: well it, it, to be to, to not to throw him out of the bus, he did tell me he he skipped a couple of things. I skimmed oh. skimmed a couple of things, right? I, okay.
2: What I, what I did, what I did was towards the end of the Azarello run I quickly skimmed through the rest of those cuz I wasn't digging it. And then I skimmed the, I think, Paul Jenkins. I mean, I gave, I gave him... And the Mike Carey. I gave him a fair shot. And they were not doing anything for me. And I don't really want to get in-depth into it on this show. But but I found that reading Hellblazer, the Jamie Delano and the um, Garth Ennis stuff, Constantine is such a specific character in, in those runs that that now... Like starting with the Azzarello and, and beyond, he's a different thing. He's like the, he's like a cheeky, like, Oi, I'm Constantine, I'm a bastard thing. He is so different in those first, I don't know how many issues. Uh, that reading him in this other way where he's like a celebrity, basically is was just like a celebrity monster of the week thing was just not my bag. And so I s- skipped a bunch of that. And then, oh God, who was the writer at the end? Um, Milligan. Yeah, Milligan. Milligan's run. Then I read in its entirety, and then the New Fifty Two and the um, pre DCU, the Tinyan Ming Doyle one. Mm-hmm. I read. I read all of those, but I did. I did skim some towards the end there because I was getting. That's just not the Constantine for me, and it lost its personal touch. So. So yes, I can't say I, I I read every issue, but that's fair. I got my. I, f-
1: I'm proud of you for for not having that compulsion.
2: <laughs> for not feeling like I needed to. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, it's just. I'm telling you though, that Delano read. If you ever do this, Zach, read the Delano and the Ennis okay i've always
1: I've always like I tried to get into the Milligan stuff when that was coming out because I had heard really good things about it and I like the cam Coley art a lot mm-hmm. um, but okay i'll I'll file that away for later
2: and I'll say plot wise if you do if you do Delano Ennis, and then skip to Milligan I'm pretty sure Milligan brings stuff back from those earlier two runs, but I'm pretty sure unless I'm there might be an Azarello bit or two that he pulls from, but mostly he's pulling way back from the past. So I really don't think you miss anything. And those, for my money, are the best three Hellblazer runs. So Nice. Okay. Someday you should do that.
0: Well, that brings us over to uh, what I can honestly say is by far my favorite book of the week which is Superman number 16 written by Brian Bendis, illustrated by David LaFuente. The super sons return. It's some amazing Damien and John stuff. Guys. I loved every page of this book so, so (laughs) much. What did you guys think?
2: Beautiful, beautiful. David LaFuente art. Um, Perfect for a super sons issue. I think Bendis knocks Damien out of the park. Yes, he um, does. Yeah. And I've, I've thought that since, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, like, if Bendis ever writes Batman, he better be using Damien in there because it would be a waste. It'd be a waste of a guy who knows how to get that voice out of him. Um, yeah, I loved it. Zach?
1: Um, I liked this a lot. I, I, I'm like really conflicted because I liked the art, but I at the same time I didn't feel like it was the best Lafuente art I've seen. Like I, f- I think my biggest touchstone for him is the the time he spent on Ultimate Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and there was just something about this that felt. Um, Oh, I don't know, like skewing way more. um, I I really am like struggling to like find a way that like, and covers how I feel about it without being too like unnecessarily down on it because I did like it. It just didn't feel, it felt way, it felt cartoony in a way that I, didn't necessarily like
0: is that because
1: of la fuente's art no no i'm saying that like i've enjoyed la fuente's art before and i i don't feel like it he he has like a more cartoonish um style but there there's just something about it here that's just i i can't put my finger on it but it it like bothered me just just slightly um but i think it was a really good fit for the issue um it's something about the coloring and the, and it's not on every page either. Um, ah, I just, I really can't put my finger on it. Um, but character wise, yeah, it was all like fantastic. Um, and it's something that I've kind of been like waiting for, you know, wondering how Bendis was going to, or whoever, you know, would get back to John and Damien and, um, it was, like, really bittersweet, I think. Did, I mean, did you guys feel that?
0: Mm,
2: yeah.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, did you say, Brian, that Damien is going to be going to... Is going to be showing up in yes. Legion as well? Yeah, supposedly
0: okay. he's going to be guesting in Ark of
1: Legion. Okay. okay, well then that, like, does make this a little bit... <laughs> you know, like... I don't feel like totally breaking down after reading
0: this. <laughs> um I thought the stuff with John and Clark was really beautiful. hmm Although I kept wondering where Lois was. Mm. Like he's uh, she to the future. she can't
1: she can't see him. She's too embarrassed.
0: After <laughs> seeing him in the shower? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um But yeah, I thought that the John and Clark stuff was great and the John and Damian stuff. And I think what's also done really well here is that Damian just says to one point, like, you were gone three weeks, which is which uh, helps with the theme of the week, which is timelines. Um, It helps us to sort of understand how how time is passing here. But we see like while Damian hasn't missed him all that much, the friendship does mean enough to him that like he runs over and hugs him and, you know. I thought it was just a really sweet view of their friendship because we don't... Usually when we see them together, Damien is just busting on John. Uh, but but their relationship has changed considerably and changed in ways that it will never go back, more than likely to. And so I, re- I really thought this was a, an excellent issue. This is some of my favorite Bendis at DC thus far. Bravo, Brian. Bravo.
1: Ah, I've pegged it. You know what? The art reminds Whoa, me what of this, sometimes. What, what is
0: this, Deadpool? <laughs> what? Oh, uh, it's a joke.
1: Gosh. <laughs> Do you remember those, um, that line of like DC, like kids action figures from uh, yes. the aughts where they were like hyper-deformed, kind of shorter, Yes. very bulky blocky? Yeah. That It reminds me of that. And I, I like, kind of can't shake that a little bit while reading it. Okay, that's that's what it is. That's what it. That's like what my brain is going to, especially like when you see Clark, um, who is like a weird amalgamation of that and Ed McGinnis Superman. His like fists are, <laughs> <laughs> they're like bigger than John's head. <laughs> um, I like uh, yeah. it.
0: It, it it was it was a fun
1: issue.
0: Yeah. Can't wait for Damien in the thirty first century. <laughs> I also love the line that Damien said at one point, where he said, uh, "He was like, I'm just happy to know there is a future in a thousand years. That's the best news I've heard all day, or whatever." That that <laughs> that was great. I think
1: I think my favorite line was the page where uh, like John is like Leviathan. Oh yeah, my dad was just talking to me about that an hour ago and then right next to it like an hour ago (laughs) (laughs) what were you thinking about dad oh just this
0: new leviathan (laughs) (laughs) oh that was good it was it was very good are you ready to move on to what is a 12-part series yeah the batman's grave number one written by warren ellis illustrated by brian hitch Vince, take us away on this. What did you think of this issue?
2: Um, okay. So, I I know in the past I've talked about how... Why are you laughing? (laughs) Because I'm interested to see Uh,
1: how how you come out on this one.
2: Okay, all right. I know in the past I've talked about how there's no more interesting Bruce Wayne Batman stories to be told. There's definitely no more interesting Joker and Batman stories to be told. And this is not one of those as far as we know yet. But we're, we're, all, we're all very tired of Batman, aren't we, folks? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I liked this a lot. Against my better judgment, jo- Am I going to like it for 12 issues? I don't know. But I thought and maybe you guys are going to feel differently because you didn't like Ellis uh, uh Warren Ellis's uh Detective 1000 story the way that I did. That was Detective 1000, right? I think so. With uh I believe it was Becky Cloonan. Yeah, he
0: blows up everything. Yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. So that was a very like uh, you know, meta take on Batman because obviously he's obviously he's murdering people if he's doing that stuff, but he's not, you know, because the the fiction says he can't. Well, this Alfred addresses a lot of the things that we've talked about on this show before, too. About, you know, couldn't Batman just buy Gotham and and you know, Bruce is just killing himself doing this, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Maybe it's a bad idea. And I feel like there's a nugget of something there with Alfred that I'm really into white war crimes (laughs) that i'm really into ellis exploring and so if this book is in is about that in any significant measure i'm fairly excited about where that's going um and then i thought the execution uh in the art by brian hitch especially towards the end when bruce is going over the the mystery of the of the series so far in virtual reality was really interestingly done and really interestingly written I don't think I've ever seen Bruce do that before it was almost like a, the way that uh, <laughs> Sherlock from the Benedict Cumberbatch uh, series like solve, solves a crime or whatever um, except he doesn't wave his fingers in front of his face and <laughs> Imagine imagine things floating around his head. But it was very much that sort of like deductive reasoning type of thing. Um so I really like the angle that, that Ellis and Hitch are taking to this one. I think it's I think it's interesting. Um I also did not think that this was the Batman writer that was going to kill a character named Vince. <laughs> In his comic book. <laughs> thought that was going to be somebody else. but uh, Zach?
1: I just really didn't think much of this at all.
2: Yeah. I, I knew this was coming.
1: I, I neither liked it nor disliked it. <laughs> I thought Hitch's art was fine. Um, I thought the bit with Alfred was a little... It was interesting in some ways. It was troubling in some ways, which is fine. Um, <laughs> troubling. <laughs> um, it's fine. Uh, I feel like it does not necessarily not track that uh, Alfred would be very okay with uh, killing people in self-defense and in, in wartime situations. That makes
2: sense. He's a soldier. Well, and um, I, don't, I don't know how literally he was.
1: Oh, I... I read it as he like, i mean,
0: I thought he was just fucking with Bruce, kind of maybe I, I think
2: he was I think he was first of all drinking,
0: he was drinking,
2: but also just just well it, getting he, getting something out that's inside of him that he doesn't necessarily really mean,
1: maybe that's true
2: that's in a, in a way to eat at Bruce psychologically. That's possible. it's possible, yeah,
1: um. I thought the ending was just super weird and a very strange leap, a very weir- weird way to end the issue. I loved it. I mean... The,
0: uh, uh, reverse Telltale Heart. I mean, it, it just continues the thread of John Mangacy Jr. being the <laughs> through line yeah. of this uh, of Yeah, this For sure.
1: <laughs> and I mean, he's got that Human bean juice all over
2: his face. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the Rorschach, baby. Oh, gosh.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought that this was fine. It is not the, you know, like rip roaring Warren Ellis Batman that I was hoping for, but it's also one out of 12, so we'll see.
0: Um,. As usual, I fall somewhere in between you two. <laughs> I thought this was entertaining in parts. I thought it was a bit forgettable in parts. And those those two things usually don't go together. But, you know, in my notes for this, I jotted down, you know, I liked the, um, I always like a detective Batman. I was like an Alfred story. I wrote, I wrote this stuff down. But then when I opened the PDF just now, I was like, wait a second, what happened in this comic? I Honestly, couldn't remember a single <laughs> thing that happened in it. Aww. So, um, you know, I don't think it's—I uh, don't think it's outside their own possibility to say like this is both a good comic and kind of a nothing comic. And I think that maybe its true colors will reveal itself in the future.
1: I yeah, sure. I I can agree with that.
2: Can, can I say that you know before we move on or anything? I almost I, I, I think I dig it because I feel like without knowing what he really thinks I feel like Ellis thinks about Batman the same way that I'm thinking about him lately which is like he writes Batman as if he's kind of tired of Batman too <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and i I get that I feel that maybe that's what maybe that's why I connect with it and maybe I'm way off and I'm just projecting, but, but that's the level that it connects with me on. Anyhow.
0: Yeah. I don't really have too much more to add to this. I, like I said, I did enjoy it in the moment. It didn't stick with me as much as I thought it would, but that's okay. And, uh, I am, I am very interested to see where this one goes. Uh, although I'm not super interested in the guy under the floorboards. Well, you're probably just as bad as him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You beat me to it.
2: We are so on that bullshit.
0: We really
1: are. Um... Man, how about this last book that we get to talk about, that we have, that we have the privilege to talk
0: about? It's <laughs> <laughs> about year of the villain, the Joker, written by John Carpenter and Anthony Birch, illustrated by Philip Tan. Is this the good Philip Tan? We'll let you decide in a minute. Um, <laughs> let me just say this. This is not a year of the villain book. No.
1: It, well, it references Bane.
2: City <laughs> of Bane. That's Molto the, Bane. But Molto <laughs> City, City of Bane. Bane. Yeah.
0: But all of the Year of the Villain stories so far have involved Lex Luthor giving some sort of... Uh, either giving a gift or having the fallout of not being given a gift, right? there, there's, there's a lot of... Luthor is, is important to these stories. And Luthor is not even in the story.
2: No. You can't tell yeah. the Joker what to do. That's why. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, aren't aren't uh aren't Lex and, and the Joker still on the outs after uh and something happened in Justice League? Probably. I don't
2: no, remember. No no nobody knows for sure. Not even not even Snyder and Tinyan. They haven't even come up with the seventh uh <laughs> You're right. You're
0: right. You're <laughs> right. Um, if I had to describe this in sort of one phrase, I'll borrow from This is Spinal Tap and say shit sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: the only redeeming thing I have to say about this is that I started reading this and I thought this is going to be really, really bad. But in light of the Joker movie, I think that this almost sort of maybe says something potential, potentially worthwhile about like the nature of mental illness and the way that it's presented and the way that it is usually talked about in the context of things like the Joker. Yes. I thought that that was... Almost good.
2: That is its only
0: redeeming quality. There's one I... great line in this, which is something that the character six of is it six of hearts,
2: six of hearts. Yeah, he yeah, says of like,
0: or yeah, of exactly. He says something <laughs> like, you know, um, I'm not evil. I'm crazy. He's not crazy. He's evil. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think you know. R- halfway through this issue, there's a part where the Enchantress shows up, and Six of Hearts gets all horny, hmm. and uh, humming a humming a humming a
0: yeah, low Enchantress.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. And then he ba- he he basically he basically goes through like the the forever alone incel. Spiel type thing. And the Joker even riles up an incel army at one point in this. <laughs> yeah. By by doing like a red pill YouTube video, right? And when I read that, I thought, oh no, this is like this is just doing what everybody worries the Joker movie is doing. And all it's doing is like perpetuating this idea in relation to the Joker. But then, but then you're right, by the end. And you you can argue whether it does it effectively or not, but by the end, what its what its goal is to is to show that because he even says like he gets he gets beat up at the end, and he even says like you know because of his mental illness like some things will never completely heal, but that that doesn't make it hope hopeless or something like that or like or like you can fix you can still fix things about yourself, even if you've got this behavioral health problem, you know, Mm -hmm. you can work, you can work on that. You're not resigned to being, being what the, what the society's image, I just said society, (laughs) what society's society's (laughs) image of the Joker and the incel connection that we've been seeing in multimedia recently, that you don't have to be that. You don't have to resign yourself to that. And I thought that that legitimately by the end, like the comic had good intentions. It's just that along the way, it was really not an enjoyable read. Yeah, no, it was, it, it was a manic story in a bad way. It was just the Joker jumping from one lame caper to another. Actually, one other moment I did like was when they were sitting down to eat and, uh, I forget what food it was or what it, but six of hearts is like, wait a minute. The Joker likes, it's like peanut butter and jelly or something. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, the Joker likes peanut butter and jelly. That's not right. Like, I like that at that moment, he kind of sees the Joker is just like a lame ass guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like maybe he's not cool, (laughs) you know? Um, But the, the vast majority of this comic was a drag um, and just all over the place. Um, it was I thought it was the good philip Tan but not it's good philip tan compared to the bad philip Tan because the bad philip Tan is that like weird pseudo anime gloss manga glossy uh, really low detail stuff that he can sometimes put out whereas I feel like this was much more stylistic lots of lots of detail lots of gross detail and effort put into it Mm-hmm. I'm still not sure I liked it a heck of a lot, but it wasn't yeah. it wasn't the bad Philip Tan the way that we've seen before. No, you know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I just think this is a mess of an issue. It is. Oh, complete mess. It feels yeah. like it feels like every page is, or every two pages is a completely different comic, and it's not funny.
1: It's not funny. And I think it does try to be sometimes. Um, yeah, I really think, like, if it weren't for how well the, and, the ending landed for me, I, yeah, would have ve- been way, way more down on this issue. Um, but I think even, like, the distinction that, like, he, you know, he realized, like, Man, the the Joker was listening to me these this entire time. He was planning this. He was highlighting this. He was like preparing for this, which ties back to you know the the distinction that Harley makes in the Criminal Insanity book or whatever it's called. Mm, um, insanity. You're thinking of yeah.
0: Virtual Insanity by Jameer <laughs> Yeah, that's
1: it. That's it. Um, it ties back to her little speech, you know, talking about the premeditation and the organization and 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 that sort of thing, so like it, it was interesting that the two books had that connective tissue this week, um, and when read together said something interesting
2: sure, maybe. yeah well, well said,
0: all right, that does it for us tonight, Vince, do you have what's coming up next week, ready?
2: Uh, no uh the... I can do Sorry. it. Sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. all right.
0: It's all right. Um, easier said than done, huh, Salvatore?
2: Oh, no. <laughs> let's see how long we can milk this.
0: Oh, I can milk it, baby. Uh, you, you can edit this out later, right? Nah.
2: <laughs> yeah. You won't, though. <laughs> That's why I said no. No. Uh-huh.
1: Oh, oh, this Vince is is not gonna, Brian's not going to give Vince any food for the next week, and I'm just going to have to sit and watch him starve.
2: What? What are you saying? Because we're in Brian's basement right oh, now. Oh, that's right. Oh, I wish. I wish maybe I'd get my Twin
0: Peaks shirt back. <laughs> I still haven't said that to you, have I? A... <laughs> Shit, goddamn.
2: Here, don't, I've don't got, go out of way. Oh, no, wait. I've got it. I've got it. I've okay. got it, guys. Okay. Aquaman, Batman, Flash Forward. Inferior 5, Justice League, Lucifer, Metal Men. The Metal man number one. Metal yeah, Men. <laughs> it's, it's a crackerjack book. <laughs> uh, almost Yogi Bear again. Um, Nightwing. <laughs> still Rick. Still Rick. Uh, Superman Smashes the Clan. Very excited for that. Yep. Yes, yeah. Superman Year One, final issue. Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Batman Nightfall, uh, Teen Titans, and uh, a couple Walmart books and Wonder Woman Giant. weren't we supposed to get a Tales from the Dark Multiverse this week?
0: No, I think, I think it was delayed a while ago. But whatever we were looking at didn't say that.
2: Yeah, because I was going to say like that. I thought I read that on our list last week, but. So wait, which one are we getting next week? was it nightfall? nightfall nightfall okay that's i just read nightfall not that long ago so i'm i'm pretty excited about that
0: vince is hyped for that I'm, I'm hyped i am very hyped uh by the time the next episode comes out Zachy, we may be able to talk about Watchmen at that point
1: we may be able to do that and we can definitely talk about the end of Hawkspox. yes
0: Yes, we can. Well, that's exciting. And until then, you can find uh, two-thirds of us on Twitter. I am at BrianEasyNap. And I'm at Wilker Fox. Actually, this just in. Vince is back on Twitter. He is at CountryChuckleFuck.
2: <laughs>
0: Using your words against you. 2012. All right, guys, take care, enjoy your week, and we'll be back next time with Oxbox Chat. Play us out. What is that?